This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. 641,000 tons, which was 50% higher than the week prior. Chicago September is up one and a half cents at 436 per bushel. Kansas City September wheat is up two cents at 450. And Minneapolis spring wheat is down a fraction of a cent at 514 per bushel. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, July 17th. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Marlo Glass. There are no such things as small chores on your farm, so you need equipment that works as hard as you do, especially during harvest season. That's where New Holland and Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John come in. During New Holland Harvest Days, get terrific deals on equipment to help you work more productively. Save with 0% financing and cashback offers on select tractors, hay tools, and harvesting equipment. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today for details. But hurry, Harvest Days ends September 30th, 2020. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Moose Talks. We've got just one guest on the show today, and he's been on our station a few times before, including on Trev Talks, the predecessor show to this. We're going to be talking to Stuart Muir with the Task Force for Real Jobs, Real Recovery on Fort St. John Mayor Lori Ackerman's recent appointment to the task force and how the task force is uh, hoping to contribute ideas to the federal government and to other governments around uh, Canada on recovery in the post-COVID world based on resource extraction. Stuart joins me now from Victoria. Good morning, Stuart. Thanks for having me on. Ah, yeah, there you are. Now we can hear you. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, so why don't we start with uh, a little bit about what this task force is about, because I believe it was just formed like a couple weeks ago, if that. Uh, tell us, what, what is the task force? What are you guys hoping to accomplish with it? Yeah, the task force for real jobs, real recovery was brought into existence to bring forward representations of what we think the federal government needs to hear from the natural resource sector. We've brought together a coalition of about 30 organizations, including the Resource Municipalities Coalition, which is based in the northeast of British Columbia, to represent, all told, probably 250,000 businesses and over 3 million workers that are in the organizations that make us up uh, to, to make sure that some of the important issues in a responsible recovery of the economy after COVID or during and after COVID are not lost sight of because Mm -hmm. it's critically important to the livelihoods, the communities where these operations take place that it is successful. And it really is not just about the self-interest of those in the resource sector and communities like Fort St. John. It's in the interest of all Canadian communities because a major engine of the Canadian economy is its resource base. And sometimes that can get overlooked. Absolutely. Now, I had a quick look on uh, kind of your website, and uh, the advisors anyway seem to be kind of from 
lots of different corners of the country. There's somebody from the Northwest Territories, our own mayor of Fort St. John, Laurie Ackerman, is an advisor to the task force. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but it looks like you wanted to take a pan kind of Canadian approach to this because even though there are pockets of the country where, say, uh, oil sands extraction is important and forestry is important, as you say, uh, this is important to the Canadian economy. So how important was it to sort of bring in everybody in on this uh, to kind of make sure that people from across the country uh, have a voice in these recommendations that will be made? Geographic diversity was important right from the start. We Mm -hmm. knew that to be heard in Ottawa, they would want to be seeing a coast-to-coast-to-coast effort that was reflective of all the regions, which is, you know, actually pretty natural given that we're talking about natural resources because every every single province um, has got a significant exposure, in some cases a massive exposure to natural resources in their economy. Even Ontario and Quebec, we think of as being Toronto, Montreal, and mm-hmm. you know downtown and office towers, they actually have huge uh, mining, energy, forestry industries as well. So there's no one left out. I think the only jurisdiction in the country that doesn't have oil and gas production is Prince Edward Island. And, you know, these these issues uh, affect everybody. So when we composed our group, it made sense that the energy person of the year 2019, who happens to be Mayor Laurie Ackerman, should be part of this group. And uh, we, we approached Mayor Ackerman, and fortunately she was able to fit us into her schedule. Um, but we also went to uh, a lot of other accomplished and recognized individuals. We have a former mayor of Northwest Territories, Bob McLeod, who is advising us. We have the head of the Atlantic Chamber of Commerce, as well as the Canadian Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. uh, as an organization is participating. So that's that's from one end of the country to the other, from the bottom to the top on the, on the globe that we are representing. And, and I think that's important. But there's also another level of diversity that's really important to single out, not geographic only, that uh, could have, socially that it's incredibly diverse because we have not only industry you know we all know what the self-interest of industry is Mm -hmm. Um, they want to do projects and make investments but also we have represented uh, unions and local communities as well as first nations and i think you have those four uh, legs to your table you've got a very solid base and there's nothing else like what we're doing because it, it tends to be more interest-based, and, and it's, it's rare. So we've been able to do it, I think, because there's common ground that everyone agrees uh, we need to be talking about. Now, uh, I did want to ask this. Uh, was this something that, like, you you or the people who kind of came up with this idea had it independently, or was it the government sort of said, hey, we, we're looking for this. We're looking for people to give us sort of ideas, recommendations for what you'd like to see kind of in the recovering of the economy in the post-COVID era, if I could call it that. Uh, was this yeah, something for you, sure. you, um, you started yourself or the government kind of pushed you to do? Well, it, it's both in a sense. I mm-hmm. mean, ma- mainly um, when, when we first started uh, at home, uh, you know, in March, we, there we all were working from home, and no one knew what was coming. It was clear that whatever it was, it was going to be pretty disruptive and, and uh, difficult for everybody. Um, we at ResourceWorks, based in Vancouver, decided it would be a good moment just to get a lay of the land. So we didn't do a deep dive, but we commissioned a policy and 
called Team Canada for the Rebuild. Okay. She really did a broad survey of the landscape and you know, what are some of the big moving parts here that we need to be thinking about as we start to go through recovery. One of the recommendations that we were given was to do a task force. And so from that point on, so that's now about 10 weeks ago, we, we started to build it. At that point, we, we reached out to some people in the federal government and we just said, hey, we're thinking about this, we're building this. And um, they said, uh, you know, good for you. Uh, let us know how it goes. Um, there's a process called the Industry Strategy Council that's going to be meeting. It's already had some meetings, but it's going to be meeting again in September, working on this or drawing on uh, all the industries of the country each one has a table in this process. There is a resource table. There's advanced manufacturing. Uh, one of the groups that supports the Real Job Recovery Task Force is the Canadian manufacturers and exporters. And mm-hmm. as anyone who works in resources knows, there's a lot of steel, a lot of a lot of tools you use. Someone has to make those. That's manufacturing. So they were, you know, important part of this. Um, and so we we are going to direct our our findings when we publish a report next month in August. To, to that group as part of our activity. So, so we've, we've alerted government to the fact we're doing it. Um, we're, we're not being um, you know, directed. We're not being paid by government. We, yeah. We're doing this on a pretty you know, slender budget, but we did go around and we, we fundraised some, some small amounts from a number of organizations to be able to do the work. So it's not a, like a government uh, you know, grant or something that we've received to do it. it it's independent. And then we will be able to come up with the, uh, you know, the ideas. But we, we've been looking at the processes. We're, we're, we're looking to be in step with the reality of how government makes this at the federal level. Mm-hmm. And we think there are three, sorry about that. We think there are three principles that need to be followed if we're to be successful. We need ideas that are competitive about competitiveness as a country. You know, how do we compete against other countries who are rivals of ours for finding markets for the things that we make here, whether it's forest products or minerals, metals, energy. Um, that's that's number one. The second one is that we're talking about the clean future. And that means the pathways to decarbonization, accepting that the things that we do in extracting materials from the earth have an impact that we are responsible for. So how do we manage that in the course of making a living from that? That's absolutely important, a pillar of this. And the third thing is that we be inclusive. And I think we've taken that to heart because um, not only are we geographically inclusive, and I've mentioned the four sectors, um, but also we, we've sought to have a lot of different different industries um, you know, forestry and, and mining and oil and gas, but also transportation and construction and manufacturing are key to this. So that's how we can be inclusive. And plus the fact that, as I mentioned, the 3 million workers, I don't think there's any organization doing what we're doing that can say they have anything like that many people under their umbrella. So we built a big tent that is inclusive. So we're hitting all three of those marks and, um, We'll be working to ensure that the, the the ideas that we've gathered with the help of our eminent advisors are are going to reflect what's what's real to the people in Ottawa who make decisions. Okay, 
Now, I, I wanted to mention this, too, because I think it's interesting that, as I understand it, ResourceWorks is a BC, Victoria-based uh, sort of a institution or company, whatever you uh, want to call it. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, we're next to the province, uh, Alberta, that probably has the loudest voice in the country, uh, or most definitely, I should say, has the loudest voice in the country when it comes to uh, energy development, uh, you know, at least in terms of the pro side of it. You've Mm -hmm. talked about the diversity of this uh, kind of task force and having lots of different voices uh, and and people kind of uh, giving ideas to it. Do you think this is more effective and maybe the federal government hears it more than hearing it from Albertan politicians who are, you know, always pro kind of energy, no matter what party they happen to be from, as we've seen uh, when the NDP were in power? Is this maybe a better way to get the the federal government to listen on some of these situations because it isn't just Alberta uh, who is usually like, hey, we should do more of this. It's in everyone's interest. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, yeah, completely hear you on that. You know, I, and I think the federal government mood is is that, that there needs to be, um, you know, a, a tone shift in this. And, you know, I, I have the highest respect for who the people of any province, whether it's Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, have put in to represent them in their people's house. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, sometimes there's a little too much hot sauce in this. And I think to, <laughs> to get away from the polarizations that that you see, um, what we've been doing here on the coast, I mean, thanks for recognizing that ResourceWorks does come out of the West Coast, of the uh, Southwest Coast, Southwest BC. Um, you know, there's a culture here. I remember growing up in Vancouver in in the 1970s. Yes, I'm, I'm that old. Uh, where we had the UN Habitat Conference down at Jericho, former uh, seaplane military base converted in 1976 for this. It brought, and I was I was a kid then, but I was I was amazed to see these environmental leaders from around, around the world. Uh, Vancouver City that Greenpeace got started in. I think where they are today, it's very different. They're they're uh, I, I don't think uh, winning respect from those who are trying. to do things but back in the early 1970s they were out there saving whales and and looking at nuclear de- detonations in the north pacific um it, it's been a place that's had this you know consciousness on environmental issues which i think is a very good thing and you know i grew up down the street from david suzuka i even i even used to play at his house because his his son uh, was my best buddy in grade one um and my dad is a horticultural science experts and you know suzuki he was a biologist so you know we we sort of had a common background and i i feel as if you're if you're from bc or from the west coast a lot of people it's not just me it's got that background i think a lot of people feel that they've been you know raised in this and you want to have the balance between mm-hmm. the environment and the economy it just comes natural to be thinking about this stuff you know i studied these issues in in university as well um when i was business editor at the vancouver sun for a number of years we had a, a, a team of reporters we had a reporter who covered energy um i can say i was the first editor of a newspaper to be able to appoint a, a, a reporter to cover just BC Energy. That mm-hmm. was Scott Simpson, and he, he actually spent a lot of time in the piece, both on uh, you know hydro issues and and the development in the early 2000s of the gas industry, the way it evolved. So we were there to watch that, and we saw that the regulations being developed in BC were as good as they get. You know, there's uh, uh, under the current government, they they've done nothing to say we shouldn't be doing that, despite some of the campaign rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows we've got great regulations to be able to do um, the gas business here. So. 
we should be proud of that. And I think um, it's it's a bit of contrast to where the type of capital deployments you've seen in Alberta, where most of the attention goes to the oil sands. These are multi-multi-billion-dollar um, mines. They require an industrial scale of operation in a very different model. You know, they're almost like farming the resource mm-hmm. rather than ranching it. If you like uh, drilling versus mining. And the business model there, I think, has just led to big international companies. It's been a little harder to see the, the face of the, the the worker. You know, I thought it was great this week to see the Fort McKay First Nation in northern Alberta in the Athabasca region say, um, hey, we're going to develop an oil sands mine because we want it for our people. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. You know, the relationships that I've been able to develop and the friends I've made at uh, uh, First Nations in the northeast, uh, especially the Blueberry First Nation, I think uh, – you know, they're managing complex issues on the land base and, and social and cultural considerations are foremost to that. If you can satisfy that, then what I hear all the time, this isn't, you know, my opinion, it's just, I'm just relating what I've heard from so many First Nations leaders is um, we want pathways out of uh, poverty or the things that we don't want to have in our lives and natural resources offers that. So what, what a huge uh, benefit for everyone in Canada if we can we can have a situation where it's harmonized that way and everyone wins. All right. We're going to take a quick break, Stuart, but we're going to talk a bit more uh, after the break uh, about uh, like this new regulation that's come down from the federal government on pipelines and mines and having to be net zero by 2050 and as well a few other energy issues that might affect uh, some of the recommendations that the task force uh, ends up making. So uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute right here on Moose Talks on Moose FM. Here at TNT Communications, we are committed to your safety and the safety of our staff. We are open, so come check out our huge inventory of cell phones and accessories. Check our website at ttcom.ca for a complete listing of all our rental equipment, such as two-way radios, UTV rentals, truck boosters, installation, and so much more. Please respect the social distancing rules and guidelines. See TNT Communications at Fort St. John, your bell source in the peace. Complete Safety Services, with 10 years serving the Peace Area, they strive to offer the best safety service in the oil and gas industry. Complete Safety Services specializes in safety with their experienced field safety advisors and medics. Complete Safety Services can prepare companies for their core, develop written safety programs, and manage ISN and comply works. Complete Safety Services also offers traffic control, hotshot, and pilot car services on 100th Street. Look them up online at completesafety.ca. As a 100% Indigenous-owned company, they are proud to support the oil and gas industry. Hi, this is Ted with PIMS Production Equipment. When's the last time you changed oil in your old air compressor? Air compressors need love too. PIMS specializes in maintenance and repair of almost all brands of air compressors. We stock parts for Quincy, Eagle, Solaire, IR, and Atlas Copco air compressors. We have specialized technicians familiar with screw and recip compressors and all types of dryers. For maintenance, repairs, or new air compressors, call PIMS at 787-0808 or check us out at PIMS.ca. Being in the industry themselves, Highmark Oilfield is obviously a proud supporter of the oil and gas industries. They have over 30 years experience and specialize in plant maintenance, pipelines, and turnarounds. To learn more, visit highmarkoilfield.ca. A proud supporter of the oil and gas industries. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. 
We're back on Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig, and we're chatting with Stuart Muir of ResourceWorks and the Task Force for Real Jobs, Real Recovery. Now, Stuart, the federal government announced yesterday some new rules for new projects, including pipelines and mines, uh, that require the um, applications for the projects and whatnot to prove that they can be net zero emissions by 2050, if indeed the life uh, of the project lasts that long. Uh, I mean, what do you think of these rules? Does that make it more difficult to maybe make recommendations? Is this kind of a, a little bit of a monkey wrench in maybe what your plans were, or not yours, but like plans of the task force were, or is this just part of the process? Well, it, it sort of dovetails in with what we uh, are are talking about here, and our advisors have had a number of meetings. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, you know, try to forecast what they're going to come up with. I'm I'm not even on the advisory group. I've I've chosen to be on the outside of it and support them having conversations. And, sure. And so it'll be as much of a surprise to me as anyone else what they come up with in terms of concrete, very specific policy prescriptions. However, I would say that in a broad sense, um, the the incredible possibilities of Canadian natural resources to be part of that future, whether it's towards a, a net zero or, or, you know, however this is going to be described in policy terms. And one of the things that's been missing is, is a wide enough spectrum to include possibilities that maybe we're not even thinking of right now. For example, there's you know, we're one task force for real jobs, real recovery, but I know that there's a number of other tasks, task forces or other campaigns that are seeking to do kind of what we're doing, which is bring ideas to government and ask them to consider them and, and maybe do them if they like the ideas. And a lot of those are are kind of, you know, get off fossil fuels or don't do this or give us a bunch of money to, to develop a, an idea we think might be really beneficial. Um, when we said real jobs, real recovery, it kind of, to me, it, it signifies that we want to do things that are, you know, really under our noses, that we, we understand are sort of concrete, definable, uh, dependable, that we've done them in the past, so we know they're there in future. Um, and that, that's sort of what we mean when, when we use that phrase. And, and so rather than say, how do we get off fossil fuels? I think a lot of the smartest brains in the country, including some of them we've been able to bring into our advisor group, are thinking about the possibilities of, of working whether it's hydrogen, you know, the hydrogen economy, it's not a futuristic thing that might happen. Um, it, it's already here. You know, mm-hmm. We're already producing hydrogen in Edmonton for industrial uses. We have the potential to have, you know, this gas that has no carbon in it that, that could be used for transportation. California is moving its transportation system over to other things, including hydrogen, they're going to be, as they often are, an early adopter of environmental measures. They could be a huge customer for made in BC hydrogen, which of course is is made from natural gas. You know, there's other speculative or emerging sources for hydrogen. That that's that's one thing. Um, another thing is is carbon capture and store utilization, uh, where we through different technologies, which are also proven and working, they can be. In some cases, they're you know expensive, but if we have a big investment in drawing carbon that's been released into the atmosphere, capturing it, and then storing it by maybe pumping it into old wells, using it for simulation of wells to increase the life of of uh, wells, um, turning it into other products, you know, concrete, make concrete uh, using using the 
carbon that you've captured, and then you're locking it up for the duration of that that building or that foundation that you've poured. Um, the, the potential for that, we we need fossil fuels to be able to do those things, and I, I think there's a, a, a positive uh, uh, lane there. I think biofuels uh, that allow the uh, diesel and gasoline we use to, to be mixed up. This is already happening. We've had for uh, 12 years now in BC, we've had, had the, the carbon tax regime, which has included measures to reduce the amount of uh, greenhouse gases that come when we combust the, the gasoline and diesel that we burn in BC. So every year it's gone down a bit because they're mixing it up with lower carbon diesel. Hey, what if the forest industry in BC, we started using more of the waste to manufacture biofuels that can get into the refinery mix, thus lowering mix. So um, the, the future of energy and resources is not, you know, sudden some switch that will, will flip us over to some future state of, of, of zero impact on the environment. That's in no foreseeable scenario would, would any uh, credible person say that there is such a switch. It's going to be about us working with what we've got, adapting it, being positive. And I think that means the jobs that we have and can have in future will, will be there for sure. Um, but I think it's also going to be important to, to, uh, wisely consider the different propositions being brought to government right now. And so what we're doing, we're, we're making sure the spectrum is is properly wide and inclusive of the incredible potential of traditional Canadian resources to be part of the future that we all want. Okay. Uh, and I want to go back to this quickly. I think you mentioned uh, you're hoping to have the report ready or to, to kind of present to uh, the federal government in August sometime. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes, we're in full stride right now, Okay, and it will come to uh, a finished report next month. I see. Now, is there, uh, and we'll have to answer this quickly, I'm afraid, um, is there uh, perhaps something that this task force will perhaps be doing, or is this something you're considering doing after this report is? Is there is there a reason for this task force to keep going after the report is kind of put out there? Is there more mm. to be uh, done and said with this task force once the report is done, do you think? Yeah. You know, I, th- I think you really got your, your finger on the pulse there, Deb, because I've already been hearing from people saying, you're not going to just go away after this, are you? Because what we've done is unique. We, You know, seven years ago when we started ResourceWorks, it was really about BC, BC issues. Yeah, we're connected to Alberta and Saskatchewan because things move to, to markets through our ports and mm-hmm. rail and everything. Um, but but never did we think national. But now that a crisis has caused us to say, okay, uh, what can we do? How can we make a difference? And we've done that. We've realized that um, all this time there hasn't been a coalesced force for all the, the natural resource people to set aside the things that uh, you know are really just specific to one industry or another mm-hmm. and then elevate to the higher things that were, were unified and so many things hey uh, skill sets training you know a ticket in one industry could be a ticket to a job in another industry there's lots and lots also for construct uh, you need to build things for all of these and and there's so much construction whether it's building site C or or a new wind farm, or, or drilling, or, mm-hmm. or road building, um, uh, forest products. We've got, got that. There's commonalities in terms of, of uh, the tax base and revenues. Uh, when I talked to Mayor Ackerman and, and her colleague mayors in the Resource Municipalities Coalition, I realized the, the incredible challenges. If you've got a young, growing, dynamic population, it needs and wants to have services to to, to you know keep young families, especially 
in in the places where there's there's great jobs. Uh, that's a big challenge of leadership. How do you make sure the revenues are flowing to the, where they're needed so that you know people are incentivized um, in terms of exports? Exports. It, it, that's what the Canadian economy is all about. We're not like you know the U.S. It's much less reliant on exports than we are. We are truly a small trading economy. If we if we're not exporting, then we're just not uh, functioning as a society. We, no money. So um, getting to an interest across all the resources and then continuing after the report. Well, we're going to do short term. I'm hoping to go to Ottawa if COVID conditions you know allow us to have meetings and go to the Prime Minister's office and talk to them about it. There's a the industry strategy council we 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 want to talk to mps we want to talk to but after that i think there's potential for there to be something that is more lasting because i actually had a phone call from someone saying um hey you should have agriculture more in this and mm-hmm. you know that's something i'd like to do in future as well because they've got issues you know farmers are paying a lot in carbon tax which is fine i'm yeah, i'm a supporter of carbon pricing i think it's rational but if that means that you're you're just making that loaf of bread more expensive for the consumer is is your is your goal to do that so they consume less bread? I don't think that's the purpose of carbon policy, but we have some distortions in this right now that I think it's really important that the the uh, uh, agricultural sector, as well as the other resource sectors, have a voice in. And right now, I don't know if they're being heard as well as they should be. Mm-hmm. All right, Stuart. Well, we're going to have to leave it there for uh, today, but uh, looking forward to seeing these recommendations when they come out in August, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to come on back and uh, we can chat about it then on the Moose Talks. Thanks so much for joining us today, Stuart. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back to wrap things up right after this on Moose Talks. Calmar Construction is a locally owned company serving the North Peace area since 1987. Calmar offers construction services from conception to completion and every step in between. They have built a reputation of excellence as a result of their expertise, quality of work, and high safety standards. Calmar is a proud supporter of local First Nations and community events. Check them out at calmarconstruction.com. Support your favorite local businesses without leaving the couch with the Moose Market. Start shopping online now at moosefm.ca and get products delivered right to your door. Green products from your favorite local shops. Get Abiga Wax reusable food wraps from Neat starting at $18. Shop in the comfort of your own home using the Moose Market at moosefm.ca. It's as easy as one, two, three. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Hi, this is Ted with PIMS Production Equipment. Talk to us at PIMS for electrical work, air compressors, pumps, valves, relief valves, office phones, and computer networks. Experience the best in service. Check us out at PIMS.ca or call PIMS at 250-787-0808. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again to Stuart Muir from Resource Works and the Real Jobs Real Recovery Task Force for taking some time to chat with us today. That does it for another episode of Moose Talks for this week, though. So if you just missed this episode and you want to hear it again, you can download the podcast at energeticcity.ca slash moose talks. You can also watch it again very shortly on the Moose FM and energeticcity.ca Facebook pages. Lindsay Cooper is the studio producer of Moose Talks, and Adam Rayburn does some production as well. So thanks to both of them. I'm Dub Craig. Tune in next week. 
Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Energetic country. This is 
I'm Lindsay, and happy International Tattoo Day. I have a couple tattoos myself, and I always heard the phrase, especially from my own mom, (laughs) where it was, don't get a tattoo unless it means something to you. And I definitely subscribed to that for my first couple tattoos. Then after like the third one, I was like, I just like the design of this. I'll just get it tattooed. I want to know, do you have any tattoos? And if you do, is there a meaning behind it or a story? You can let me know at thelodgelink.com text line 250-800-2360 or give me a call at 250-787-2222. The City of Fort St. John and Napid Industries would like to advise the public that 100th Street will be closed at 96th Avenue until October 1st. Detour routes are in place. Please follow public. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.